Hello and welcome to the Henry Books podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Muddett, and I'm the founder of Henry Books, which provides ghostwriting, book coaching, and publishing support to nonfiction authors. We're going to hear from some of the amazing authors that Henry Books has worked with, and we're also going to speak to experts who can help you make your nonfiction book a huge success. Welcome to the first episode of the Henry Books Podcast. I am so excited to be doing this. And to be honest, for someone who talks as much as I do, I can't believe I've waited until 2023 to start my own podcast. Um, I'm Jessica Mullett. I've been a journalist for 15 years. I've written for uh, publications like Forbes, BBC, CNN, The Economist Intelligence Unit and Marie Claire. I'm also the author of two memoirs, Our Home in Myanmar, and once around the sun. I'm the founder of Henbury Books, uh, which provides book coaching and ghostwriting services, as well as editing and all the back end of self-publishing. I absolutely love books. And while I did love journalism very much, I would often get frustrated because I'd interview someone and my word length would be a thousand words or 800 words, and I'd have all this fantastic leftover information that I simply couldn't use because otherwise I'd be, you know, filing 5,000 word articles. And so I just love the idea of um, really getting into topics, into real depth. Um, I'm an avid reader of nonfiction books, biographies in particular. Um, I also had a really tough time myself getting um, pub- getting my two books published. I ended up going the self-publishing route um, and I'm so glad that I did because I, because I love books, I find it so fascinating to learn all about the business side of publishing. Um, and that's everything from looking at my dashboard uh, of, of book sales on Amazon that can be updated in real time um, to designing the own cover of my second book. Um, I mean, I, I used a designer, but I knew exactly what I wanted and I kind of gave the instructions. Um, Whereas if you have a traditional publisher, they will make the call on, you know, what what the market responds to because they, you know, this is their bread and butter and and they know it really well. But when it's your own book, it's it's so personal. Um, I loved being able to choose the photograph for my first book, Our Home in Myanmar, Um, which is a photographer by a Burmese colleague of mine at the Myanmar Times. And then I hired an ex-Penguin designer to design the cover. And I've made my second book uh, quite similar to that. So I um, I dug up a couple of uh, rejection letters from publishers and literary agents that I thought, well, I didn't want to look at them. Um, but I wanted to share them because you might be listening right now because you've just received one or you're too scared to send off your manuscript that, you know, you've poured your heart and soul into because, you know, there's a fear of rejection or something. At the time that I got these rejections, it hurt so much. You know, I actually cried. It was like, it was like a terrible breakup, that pain in my heart of rejection um and I really with some of them um I got so many but with some of them you know there'd been a few emails back and forth and the team were interested um and I thought I was close and so it made those ones in particular really hard 
Um, so this and this of all of them, the one that I'll read first, is was the most painful. I still remember I was in the Philippines. I was expecting to hear back from the literary agent. I'd been waiting three months to get this sort of final decision from her. I'd met her in person in Myanmar. She worked in Hong Kong. And um, this is what she wrote. This is April 2015. Hi, Jess. Greetings from London. I did read your proposal this weekend. Thank you so much for sending it to me and for your patience. You've certainly led an interesting life, and I think it's great that you've shown such pluck by going out on your own and knocking on doors. Jess, you write well, but I'm afraid I'd struggle to sell this in London and New York, my primary markets. I take on so few memoirs and I can't quite see how I'd place yours or whose memoir I compare it against with. It's not quite wild, is it? Or eat, pray, love. Not quite. These books have in common a narrative arc that pulls the reader along, holding our hands along the way to say, see, I'm just like you and you can do it too. What I see from your story is that you've come from a fairly happy and relatively privileged background, as you admit early on, yet you have a sense of adventure and can-do attitude and want to make it your own. This is not enough to sell a book. There's not enough of a hook here to really grab the reader's attention in a very crowded and competitive market and at a time when there are some very important, insightful books to be written about Bangladesh. To me, the book reads more like a blog that you're sending out to your friend's family. It's nice and lovely to read, but having a modest-sized following on the independent at Bangladesh, not the UK, is not enough for me to persuade very persnickety international-minded editors and their fearsome teams to buy this book and spend money promoting it on you. <laughs> this, this bit really hurt. My advice for you is to put this particular script in the drawer for six months or a year and forget about it. Then start thinking and writing something new. After a year, go back to this proposal and see the difference in you and your abilities as a writer. Writers write, keep at it. I'm very sorry to disappoint you. I know, I know. Yeah, that, that, uh, that was, I was just so sad. It took me a long time to pick myself up after that. Um, the second most painful rejection, and it was probably the second most because I, you know, I'd been rejected probably 15, 20 times. So you just kind of get a thicker skin. Um, but this was the one that I, I thought that really, you know, I, I was so close, like I'd met the publisher and my book had gone to the acquisitions meeting. And so I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. I knew when the meeting was being held, I knew that I would get an email in the next couple of days. So this was August, 2019. Um, hi, Jessica, I presented hope and despair in Myanmar at today's acquisitions meeting. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to get it over the line. We discussed the book at length and there were various viewpoints, but the final decision was that we didn't feel confident we could sell enough copies to make it work. As we discussed when we met, memoirs can be a difficult sell if you don't have a high profile. I'm really sorry I don't have better news, but I hope you have better luck with another publisher. That was, I was really sad. November 2016, thanks for your patience and for working on your manuscript. I have discussed this in detail with Lynn and we've decided that, unfortunately, this isn't for us. I think perhaps there is someone out there who would like to take this on and I'm wishing you every success with your story. 
but we feel the writing needs more work than we have the resources to help you with. Another one, March 2022. This was for my my book, um, Once Around the Sun, which I'm self-publishing in March 2024. Hello, Jessica. Thank you so much for sending me the chapter outline and sample chapters. What an extraordinary year you had traveling. Those of us who were able to travel like that were so, so lucky. Unfortunately, travel memoirs just don't sell like they once did. It really is a challenging market, which means that I'm not in a position to make an offer to publish. That is not to say that another publisher won't take up your book. It may sit in their list far more easily than it would in ours. I really do wish you all the best. So, I could have given up. I could have said, well, if a traditional publisher doesn't want me, then the book is not good enough. But I really, really, really wanted to share my books with the world. So I kept going, hired an editor, a fantastic editor, and she said, let's do it, like just self-publish. And suddenly someone was saying, well, you know, if you're prepared to invest, if you're prepared to, you will need to pay me from your own pocket to edit your book and you will need to do this and this and this. You'll need to choose a cover. You'll need to work out how to upload it but onto Amazon. But if you're willing to invest in all those things, you can have your book published. And I just, I felt fantastic. I was so excited. Um, I just got going. I would say though that at least for the first year of having self-published our home in Myanmar, I had cringe, like I never wanted to say self-published. And I was trying really, really, really hard to prove that a book that self-published could be just as good quality, physical quality and the content as a traditionally published book. So, you know, no expense was spared. As I said, I used a designer from uh, Penguin. She used to work for Penguin. Um, I had 500 copies printed in Hong Kong. I hired a publicist in New Zealand for my launch there. I tried to hire a publicist in the UK and Australia, but um, it was I hadn't given them enough advance notice, so they said no. Um, I did everything I could. I had a launch in Melbourne. I had a launch in Sydney, um, and I've. I've really enjoyed it and I've actually loved having the creative control um, as well as, you know, the control of seeing how my book is doing. Like being able to see my sales is amazing. If you go with a traditional publisher, you'll get your royalties once a year and you won't know what they are until you get them. They'll also be far less than if you self-publish. If you self-publish, you get sort of 70% of the royalties um which for an ebook is around about $6.50 depending on what you know what your price point is um if you go with a traditional publisher you might get a dollar a dollar a copy um or even less i actually know some people who pay the traditional publisher they have to pay to print a couple of thousand books um so that you know i think it kind of decreases the print run size um, so, you know, they are still fronting up costs. So, yes, you know, there's the prestige and, the you know, you have an amazing support team, but you are still expected to do a lot of the heavy lifting yourself in terms of getting word out about your book. And, you know, why not? Because authors are the best people to get the word out about their book. Um, so I was working as a journalist 
And then my dad passed away in July and it was the very next day and I was still working. I didn't know what else to do. All my family was in Melbourne and I just thought to myself, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I need to try this book idea that I've had in my mind for sort of 10 years that at different points have reached out to people and they've kind of put me off saying it's not really a viable business idea. I thought I just have to try because life is so short. If I don't do this now, or another five, 10 years going to pass just of just being too scared. I think, you know, when you lose someone you love, it kind of your perspectives can't become really sharply into focus. And to me, it was simply that I need to just enjoy the life that I have and pursue something that I will find really fulfilling. And my dad was such a wonderful person. I know that he would support me just giving it my best shot. So I named Henry Books after my dad's business. He had a furniture business. He was a furniture agent. And it was also the name of my childhood home in Park Orchards in Victoria. And on the door, we had this beautiful big copper sign. As you walked in the front door on the left, it said Hembry. And mum still got that sign, actually. And and um, Hembry was also the name of my dad's childhood home in Devon. And that was taken from um, a medieval fort called Hembry Fort Cross in the UK, which is like super, super, super old. Um, so it's a name that's full of history. Um, I smile when I hear the word Hembry. Um, someone said to me the other day, it sounds like the Downton Abbey for books, which I love. <laughs> um, so I'm just really excited. Um, I'm going to throw myself at this at 100 miles an hour. Um, I'm also going to try and be smart about it, though. Like if something doesn't work, okay, change tactics, start again. I want to use this podcast to share stories of other authors, authors that I'm working with, authors that I admire, as well as people uh, in my network who can explain a various aspect of book publishing, whether that be publicity, whether that be Amazon book ads. There's all sorts of things that go into the experience of simply reading a book. And I just love all aspects aspects of that. I just love the fact that my days now, I'm surrounded by books, I'm thinking about books. And in this great depth, which is so wonderful, it's not just, you know, a 30-minute interview with some someone, write up their life story in 800 words or less, get it out, next interview source, and so on and so on. I was just, you know, freelance journalism it can be quite relentless and it's it's very, very fast. And I just wanted to have the time to really um, get involved in someone's story and, and help them with that. So I would love to hear from you um, if you're having a tough time getting your nonfiction book out into the world for any reason. It could be you're just so overwhelmed, you know, you've got, you've got, a 30 centimeter stack high of diaries and journal entries and how do you begin like do you transcribe them do you skim through them well I've been there um and I can suggest you know various approaches to just get going or you know maybe like me um you've encountered multiple 
rejection letters from agents or publishers and it is so hard to get a publishing deal these days um, because they need to be very conservative. Um, a lot of books, you know, don't make a profit. And so it's, you know, it's understandable. I can, I do understand why my books were rejected and I'm at peace with that. Um, but I, part of me still thinks you should have taken my book. You should have taken my book <laughs> because the other thing I, you know, was trying to express to them at the time was that, you know, I'm not going to be a one trick pony. I'm not only going to write one book. I'm, I'm going to write four memoirs that are already mapped out in my head. And then who knows what's, you know, beyond that. So we could have a long working relationship, but nothing I said or did was enough to convince them to take me on. So, um, but look, look how that, you know, the silver lining of, of all those rejections has been actually a whole new existence for me. If I had got what I wanted, you know, all those years ago, the first time with a publishing deal, I'd be a published author. I'd probably need to have a day job to support my writing because you wouldn't be, I wouldn't be making that much from royalties. Very, very few writers do. And I guess, I don't know, I'd be... I'd be listening to what my publishers told me to do, you know, um, and kind of being limited, I guess, by what they felt was were the right kinds of opportunities for me. I could be entangled in arguments about, you know, which markets my book is available in because that um, is another aspect. It takes a really long time to, I think, to negotiate the rights in different overseas markets. So, like, your book might not be available in the UK for like the first two years that it's out, which, you know, understandably frustrates authors, you know, whereas my books are available everywhere. Um, so that's that's a good thing. And I just, you know, in terms of timing and everything, I feel like I'm in control of my own destiny. So with my book being published in March, that's a date that I chose and that, you know, suits me and that was achievable, you know, with, with a full-time job and two little kids and everything else. So I, you know, have booked in all the people I need to work with to help me get that book out. I think it's just because I sort of have an entrepreneurial mind and I, I like being in control. I think some people who would prefer simply to stick with the writing, they keep their focus on the writing, do very well, you know, have a harmonious relationship with publishers. But that said, um, I also work with people who would love to get a traditional publishing deal and that that is the end goal. So I can work with people to get their manuscript into fantastic shape so it's the best possible book it can be and then to pitch it to a publisher because you only get that one chance. And if it doesn't work out, if, you know, 12 publishers turn it down, there's no need to, to cry as I did because self-publishing is completely viable. So I just want to help people get their book into the world and I'm agnostic whether, you know, that be, um, you know, connecting them with a publisher, a business publisher, a non-fiction publisher or actually loading it up for them on Amazon because I know how to do all of that um, and it doesn't make sense, I think, to spend a lot of time and potentially making big stressful errors along the way. So that's another service I provide. If someone brings a book to me and it's, you know, they're happy with it and all they want is to make it available, that's another thing that I can do as well. So get in touch with Henry Books if you 
are having any kind of issue with your nonfiction book, if it's even kind of refining an idea, we can talk about that. Um, and what I hope to do is to, I see the podcast as like a patchwork quilt. So every episode will illuminate a different aspect, which includes the actual writing, the skills of writing, the skills of the selection process of your story. Like what, when you're writing about your life, what information do you leave in and what do you leave out? There's just, I'm going to have a lot of fun exploring all these things with you and leaning on, you know, the views of experts. Um, I'm just, I just can't wait to, to share that. And if there's anything um, involved in the publishing or the writing side of things, get in touch with me, please. And uh, I can consider it for an episode. So I hope you've enjoyed listening and uh, I'll see you in two weeks. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Henry Books podcast. If you did, please subscribe and leave a rating. I wish you all the best with your book project.